0: Welcome to I Am In My 20s, your favorite go-to podcast for candid, introspective, and inspiring conversations to help you make the best of your 20s. My name is Meg, and let's begin. Are you guys ready to hear all the stuff that has been happening in my life in the past month and a half? In other words, life throwing a bunch of lemons at me. Well, this episode is the story time. So I've been going through a lot. Financial stress, job application stress, quarter-life crisis, family drama, dealing with negative emotions, lots of self-doubt, a lot of anxiety and regret, and just a whole bunch of negative emotions. So I'm happy to say that now I'm doing a whole lot better. I'm in the right headspace to be reflective about these experiences and talk about everything that I learned. So this is what this episode is about today. i say it's definitely a pretty good pick-me-up for if you're going through a tough time in your 20s, because let's be real guys, your 20s are not easy this podcast is about making the best out of your 20s, but that also includes embracing and learning how to navigate all the tough times and when life decides to throw shit at you all at the same time. So this is the one. But before we jump into today's episode, I first want to take a moment to acknowledge all of the sad recent news about the anti-Asian hate crimes that are happening across North America right now. It's extremely heartbreaking and saddening and terrifying for me especially as a chinese person in north america to see how much hate crime is happening to us because of our race and i guess i don't have many words to say except please stand in solidarity with us please have important conversations about this please do research please understand why this is happening and please support us i just want to feel heard i want justice for this i want to understand why it's happening and i want it to stop yeah and if you are feeling negatively impacted by this news lately please make sure to to take care of your mental health turn off the news if you need to but also don't turn a blind eye to what is happening but please do take care of yourself and with all that being said let's jump into today's episode Hey guys what's up it is good to be back and recording i admit i'm super super rusty right now but i actually made notes because i have so much ground to cover with you guys today it is currently wednesday march 17th, 12 10 p.m in the afternoon and i admit i just woke up around 30 minutes ago and uh, i feel like my life has just been a roller coaster and i thought what better thing to do than to share my roller coaster stories with y'all and tell you guys what i learned <laughs> in true meg fashion so Today, we have a jam-packed agenda. Wow, I feel like I'm running a meeting. But first, I'm going to be talking about the whole financial crisis, stress I had, my whole stock market fail. Second, I'll be talking about my stress applying for jobs, job applications. Third, some family drama. Fourth, some overall spiraling to bad habits and how I got out of that. Finally, some post-graduation uncertainty and my quarter-life crisis. And throughout this all, I'll be packing in a whole lot of learnings that I learned out of this because I definitely learned a lot in these past month and a half despite how tough it was. First, to preface just how much crap <laughs> it has been, I have already cried more in 2021 than I have in all of 2019 and 2020 combined. So think about that. Yeah, and honestly, 2020 was a pretty good year for me. I was pretty happy for most of it, with the exception of some of the you know world events making me feeling not good, as well as my acne breaking out completely in march but i got on accutane so i'm okay now but overall the latter half of 2020 was pretty happy time for me lots of time for self-reflection for self-actualization feeling really good about starting my projects my podcast and just connecting with people and it was great and then i was looking into 2021 and thinking wow 2021 is gonna be an awesome year but you know after 23 years on Earth, I realized that you can never, never plan the future, no matter how much you want to plan the future and feel like you have some sense of control. And me, as a kind of, I'm a type A um, and Enneagram type 3 means the achiever I do tend to want some sort of control in my life sometimes and when I feel like things are out of control I do tend to get really really anxious and really stressed out and so in this past month and a half a lot of things happened in my life that I just really really never ever foresaw which is why the anxiety side of me really, really came out and I spent a lot of time feeling anxious about the future as well as feeling regret for the past, for some silly mistakes that I made. Um, So we're just gonna jump right into the tea, shall we? And first of all, stock market fail. Oh, baby, you guys probably know. So (laughs) I remember this was like January 29th. I was sitting in my room. I was on Zoom with a friend. I literally remember the exact moment that things went to shit. Okay. So I was sitting in my room chatting with a friend, really high vibes, really happy, had a good happy number in my bank account from all I saved up last year. And then, okay, I don't want to blame my brother. My brother, is only wants the best for me only wants the best for us but basically he ran over to my room and he was like hey check your messages and i was like what Shut up, like I'm on a call, check later. He's like, Okay, but it's important, and I was like, Okay. And then I opened the messages, and then he just sent me all this stuff about this amazing stock called GameStop and how this is like a once in a lifetime opportunity to transfer wealth from the rich to the poor. Basically, um, for context, all of these, uh, well, not all, well, well, but I'm losing my train of thought, but basically, these big hedge funds shorted against this stock called gamestop and to give some context shorting means that they are betting against the stock so they are betting that it is going to fall and go to shits and basically gamestop is this company that is like super brick and mortar and obviously with the whole everything going digital and e-commerce obviously they were betting against it but the thing is these big hedgies they bet against these things in order to basically Win money from us because they all have this insider information as just totally unfair and so somebody on reddit caught on wall street bets reddit whoo and then a lot of people are just pumping up the stock because basically no matter what happens these hedgies who shorted the stock will have to buy the stock back at one point and so the more that you pump up the price the more that they'll have to pay it back and when they pay it back the price will shoot up to the moon rocket ship emoji um i'm not even gonna attempt to try to explain the entire thing because you can read all about it online it is a little bit confusing but basically i learned about all this and me and jesse got real my brother's name is jesse me and jesse got really really excited and so i was like hey this is indeed an opportunity and that is when Things went to shits. okay? You guys already know. So the next morning, we wake up at like 5.30 a.m. because market opens at like 6.30 or whatever. I go to my brother's room, and then I open up my TD trading app. And then the moment the market opens, I'm like, oh yes, time to liquidate all my other investments and buy into GameStop. You guys know that is a terrible choice. Never, ever, ever in any circumstance and this is actually financial advice that I live by now do not liquidate your other investments to buy into a stock that you only spent like one day researching that is not a smart move okay and so I liquidate my assets bought into the stock and then instantly adrenaline pump adrenaline pump super huge adrenaline pump and I put in a lot of money okay this is multiple five figures of money, multiple five figures, you're probably shaking your head right now, I'm shaking my head at myself, I know how incredibly ignorant this mistake was, but I just felt so excited by this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, it was like a lottery, and it was like, I was reading Wall Street, So it was like, oh, this is, it's inevitable that it's gonna go right, guess what, it did not go right, well, for the first two minutes, it shot up, multiple percentages i was like jesse we've already made seven thousand dollars hell yeah obviously i'm not gonna pull out when i'm in a state of excitement and so i just leave it there and guess what the next two or three weeks were the worst weeks of my emotional and financial life (laughs) honestly basically um the choice to buy in was not actually a bad choice and it was actually just a very unfair situation in the sense that These big trading platforms, namely Robinhood, decide to restrict buying but allow you to sell. And at the same time, there were just a lot of things going, like, happening, like, This is rumor, okay? So I I don't take my word. Like I'm not saying facts, but ladder attacks, um, just trading ghost shares or whatever that's called. Oh, phantom shares. And just a whole lot of really, really, really suspicious market activity to drive the price of the stock down. Whereas if these big guys did not interfere, it most likely would have actually shot up a whole lot. But no, they did. But the point here is not to say that um, this whole thing was... Uh, was me the victim. But basically, I was depressed (laughs) for a long time. Because at the worst point, my portfolio was down 85%. Let that sink in. My investing portfolio was down 85%. Consider I had invested multiple five figures. So I was crying. I woke up with panic attacks. I woke up in several mornings just feeling so much panic in my chest. So much, um, my heart was beating so fast. And I just did not want to get out of bed. I wanted to escape reality. But knowing that no matter what happens, I cannot for the life of me control the damn stock market. So I was depressed. And my brother, I don't know how he stayed so calm throughout the whole situation, but I was, multiple days, I just went to him crying. I was like, why did we do this? Why is my money gone? I spent months and months and months saving up this money and just to see it all disappear because of one dumb gamble. And this whole time, I was kind of putting the blame on him and putting the blame on the market, on these big guys, on the hedgies. Putting the blame on the whole situation, feeling so unfair, thinking, why did I have to click that buy button at that time? Why? And I cried to my parents about it. And throughout this all, I realized that I was just being extremely emotional, whereas in the real context of things, it is okay. Things are fine. At this very moment right now as I'm speaking, yes, the GameStop stock has recovered a little bit, but I did not recover all my shares because I did sell half when it was pretty low because I didn't want to deal with the emotional aspect anymore. But right now, I am fine. Yes, I am still down five figures. Yes, that sucks a lot. But is it the end of the world? No, I talked to my parents about it a lot. And I was actually really pleasantly happy to hear that they did not give me crap for it. In fact, they saw me crying and they hugged me, they comforted me, but they told me, Meg, you know, it was meant to happen to you now because if you did not make this huge investing mistake right now, you would have made it sooner or later in the future and if you made it in the future when you when the stakes were way higher, like if you had a family or if you had like multiple six figures of income stored up or even seven figures, it would have hit you way, way harder. And my dad would um, look up and tell me these stories about these really um, notorious investors in the past who played with multiple millions and billions of dollars and lost it all in one dumb bet. And inevitably, what do they do? They commit suicide they leave the earth and having personality like that and going into something like investing it's just it's not good and i already know that i'm not built for investing i had gone to a casino event not a real casino but it was like a play casino event for this one like event at school it was like a social but basically you played with like chips and stuff and it was just for fun But at that casino event, it should be my foreshadowing, you know, because at that event, I was having so much fun playing with the chips. I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm good at this game. I'm going to double my chips. And then I throw all my chips in and then I double it first. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to double it again, throw it all in lose it all I'm like oh my gosh no I run to my friends I'm like can I can I please borrow your chips they give me their chips I throw it in double it feeling good throw it all again in again lose it all and now I'm in debt with my chips and in that moment I should have known I am not built for gambling and so let's talk about the key takeaways from this first and foremost i just want to talk about investing takeaways don't for the life of you do not never 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 play with money that you cannot afford to lose ever ever i have seen stories on reddit on google whereas like people have lost their entire life savings in gamestop or in one of those other meme stocks it's not could yo no matter how great these um facts are that hey this price will shoot up like how much due diligence there is behind it you got to remember that stocks like this are still high as risk high af risk and you you cannot play with money that you cannot afford to lose or else you're going to screw yourselves over i definitely played with money i could not afford to lose and when i lost it i felt like my whole life was tumbling down And I'm trying to give myself grace for feeling like that because I actually was doing some readings and realized that when you lose a large sum of money, you'll grieve it as if you lost a loved one. Well, not like obviously not to the extent of that, but it's still extreme grief, you know, and I was feeling so much grief for weeks. I cannot be myself. I was just the only thing on my mind was regret, just pure regret and just seeing the GameStop pop up anywhere on google just triggered the heck out of me like my ptsd just like ugh. like meg remember this mistake you made it was bad don't play with money you can't afford to lose second of all do not for the life of you do not try to time the market do not people on wall street bets are extreme bettors they're extreme risk takers people some people lost it all some people win it all and at the end of the day it's a freaking casino and unless you really do have money that you can't like you know just want to play with then sure go ahead and you know play around and try to time a market maybe you um you'll win a bunch of money maybe you'll lose it all and maybe it won't be a big deal but if you're playing with money that you cannot afford to lose and you're emotionally attached to do not for the life you try to time the market it does not work nine out of ten times if you just put your money into investments and you just let it sit for the long run it is going to be nice and safe and happy and you don't need to look at it and don't need to give your energy to that because you have more important things to focus on in life such as living and developing your skills and not looking at a stock ticker that you can't even control so don't try to time the market and third Do not, don't, 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 don't make decisions under heightened emotions. That is the mistake I recognize in myself. When I bought into this stock, I was excited af i was ecstatic i was greedy and i was feeling so many heightened emotions i could barely function as myself like i could not even hold my phone straight because i was like oh my gosh i'm so excited and when you make a decision under that state nine out of ten times it is not going to be a good and rational decision so don't make decisions like that and so that is my takeaways from my game stop stock market craze and if this did happen to you don't worry, you are not alone, (laughs) okay? I had opened up to this to a few friends as well, actually reconnected and bonded with two old friends because we both made this kind of mistake. And you know, you realize even in the darkest of times, sometimes good things can come out of it, like a reconnection with old friends. (laughs) So sometimes you gotta see the bright sides of things, but obviously relish and sit in your mistakes, sit in what happened and learn from it. And I have certainly learned from it now and I am feeling much better now. And I know that this happened now to teach me a big ass lesson and for the future, playing it safe with my money, but definitely not like not investing ever, but I'm still investing just safely with calculated risk in things that I are diversified now this isn't gonna be a whole podcast about investing advice but this was just a huge chunk of my negative emotions and in fact the very first trigger of all my negative spirals in the last month and a half which is why i spent so much time talking about it so thank you so much for listening and now let's move on to the next one which may be more relatable job applications all right job apps woo so the reason why the stock market thing spiraled that was because after i saw my money literally disappear from my bank account i was like oh my gosh I actually need to make money. I can't just chill here and just work on my passion projects which aren't bringing in a bunch of income and just, you know, reinvest and think that everything's going to be okay. No, reality really hit me in the face really hard when I saw that. And so I started applying for jobs. And this relates again to making decisions out of heightened emotions. I was feeling nervous, anxious, scared, greedy, unhappy, and I felt like I had to prove myself wrong. I felt like the money I lost was mine and I felt like I need to make it back no matter what. And so, I did not make good decisions with regards to applying for jobs at first. What did I do? I applied for each and every single job that I felt like, hey, like I can do this, and I applied for everything. What happened? Threw my resume at a bunch of job applications, did not hear back from most of them, but did hear back from some, got interviews for some, but the interviews were for jobs that I did not actually want. In fact, it really really hit me when I first I applied and I actually got through to an interview for this job that I actually really did want. I did not end up getting it because I did not prepare enough for the interview. So learn from that, prepare for your interviews and don't just YOLO things, um, but also be yourself. But after that, I felt defeated. I felt my sense of self-worth just completely deeply. And that's when I was applying for everything, each and everything. And then I got an interview for another job that I actually didn't really want. And how did I feel when I was talking to the person on the other end of the phone? I did not feel good. I felt like I was wasting their time. I felt bad. I was still respectful of them. And I went through the interview. But all throughout, I was just thinking in my head, Meg, why are you even doing this freaking interview? You don't even want this job. What are you doing? And then after that interview happened, I reevaluated my whole spreadsheet that I used to track on my job apps. And I was like, okay from here on out I'm only gonna apply to stuff that I actually want and now here's the next question how do you know what you want right and this kind of brings me into like the whole quarter life crisis thing like what the heck am I doing what the heck am I doing like this whole past like second half of 2020 I got so excited and felt so much fulfillment starting my own projects and new entrepreneurship and all that right and so I jumped right in and myself i was like i am never gonna apply for a job again i am going to be my own boss i'm going to be an entrepreneur i'm going to decide my own schedule make money doing what i love work from my laptop all of that sounds really really sexy and all but you also got to realize that it is way harder than it seems than the internet makes it seem because you will stumble across ads from coaches from course sellers Telling you, do you want to make six figures a month working from home and sitting in Bali chilling and drinking a Bellini? Then come by my course and let me teach you how. There's so many people who are tapping into the need that like tapping into people who want the laptop lifestyle and want to be their own boss. And they just sell this dream life to you and make you think that, hey, this is this is it, y'all. This is the life and this brought me I mean I was very aware of it I was like no there's no such thing as a get rich quick scheme no such thing as get rich quick if you see someone tell you that there's something get rich quick no 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 no, there's always going to be reasons why okay um but i I don't want to go on a super long tangent here but basically um the sum of it is last year i was like yo i'm going to be an entrepreneur i started my e-commerce business and then i was going to content creation i thought my e-commerce was going to be my financial like help and all But obviously, e-commerce, it's going to take some trialing. It's going to fail a little bit, right? And at this point, I am just barely around break even, right? And it's not going to sustain me for the long run yet. Obviously, I'm not giving up yet. I'm going to keep trying. Um, But I had this entire crisis. And now, like, with the money draining out of my account and me graduating in a month or two, I'm like, whoa, Meg, 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 what are you doing? Like, what am I doing with my life? and i just have this entire like whole ass crisis because honestly i like i have i okay i'm an enfp and i don't know if you guys like are familiar with myers briggs and all but like basically i chase fulfillment and i have a bit of shiny object syndrome i just really want to do stuff that i love that i enjoy but sometimes i need to sit down and be grounded in like okay is this practical is this real is this is this actually what's the best choice for me? Is this like, can I be patient, be a bit more patient with stuff? And so I had this whole crisis and then I was like applying for random things as well. And then I realized that like, okay, currently my plan is to go in and do a job that I actually do enjoy first and foremost, but that it can also provide me the financial means to reinvest in my businesses after work i'm not giving up on my entrepreneurial pursuits but i'm going to reinvest in stuff and honestly i've been on such a roller coaster with this whole career stuff like i was talking to my friend yesterday and telling him i was talking for jobs and he was like meg 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 i'm so confused what like i thought you were doing this whole e-commerce thing and then like a lot of my other friends too because the thing is like i talk a lot and like i tell my friends what i'm up to and stuff and then i'm always like changing stuff and they're like i'm confused what's up you know and so i had this whole crisis and one thing that i just want to bring in here is remember how you feel when you feel so aligned to a certain thing like when I'm doing entrepreneurship it's not I feel so aligned when I'm chatting with people who are in the entrepreneurial space I feel so aligned and that is a sign that I found the path for me I know for sure that I want to pursue an entrepreneurial path but there are different ways to approach it It doesn't mean I have to go cold turkey and jump all in right after grad when I don't know the exact way that i'm going to figure that out yet it's okay to not know but right now i realize that i do need a financial safety net as well as an environment where i can work in a team to achieve goals and just learn from other people as well that's the best foot forward anyways that's quite a ramble so (laughs) i've been applying for jobs for the past three weeks and i'll be honest here i haven't had a lot of luck in that and that has made me feel more like crap I've been getting interviews I didn't want and for the jobs I do want I have not been hearing back and I have been going the extra mile as well reaching out to people and having some virtual coffee chats and now more so approaching in a way that is more genuine because at first I was in a state of desperation I was like I want to reach out to people because I want to get a job. But now I'm appreciated more in the perspective of curiosity. Like I want to reach out to you and talk to you because I'm curious about the type of work you you do. I want to make a new connection. I want to make a new friend. And that is always the best way to go about it. And I could talk about job app tips forever, but let's loop back to um, my story time and stuff. And so going the extra mile to do that, I felt a lot of burnout, however, because I was building a spreadsheet and the spreadsheet kept growing and growing and growing and growing. And the reds kept growing. The ghosting kept growing. My spreadsheet started looking really depressing. And I started talking to my friends about it because I felt so defeated. And you know what I realized? This is so common to go through this. I realized that I was taking failure so hardly because for the majority of my life, things seemed to just happen for me in the sense that like, from the past two internships, it was I didn't have to apply to multiple jobs to get an internship that I really wanted. But now that I was applying for full-time, I was getting rejected by everything. And I realized that I need to put things into context sometimes and not just solely blame myself and play victim and just mope about it. First of all, look at the situation of the world. COVID so many people have lost their jobs, so many people are applying, so many people in more senior positions have lost their jobs and are applying, people who graduated last year may still be applying, and so the whole, like, demand for positions has been, like, exploding and at the same time companies may not have enough budget to you know have job openings and so just putting into the reality of the context of the situation that it is literally just competitive af right now just brings me a lot of comfort because it's like meg it's not your fault because at first i just kept blaming it all on myself and like feeling like crap and being like why am i so like why am i a shitty candidate like why does nobody want me and I felt really bad and so, first of all, putting into context, feel a little better about myself. Second of all, however, this is the big like disclaimer here. Just because it is the context, does not mean that you can just be lazy and be like, "Oh, okay, it's not my fault. I'll just you know keep shooting my shot. If doesn't, if nothing happens, then that's that." No, I'm I'm still gonna grind. I'm still gonna work hard on it. And so I had my cover letter resume and i had many of my amazing friends go through and completely shred my resume shred my cover letters and give me real raw honest feedback and i went through multiple iterations with my resume and cover letters and now, um, just only like two and a half weeks in, my resume cover letters look completely different already from the beginning. So just always approaching things with a growth mindset as well and just putting your best foot forward, right? Because the thing, like there will always be things that you cannot control, but as long as you like put your best into what you can control and just like, you know, do the dang work, you're not going to have any regrets because, hey, I'm trying my best. And if these companies don't want me, despite me literally trying my best to continue refining and being my best self and just showing up as me, then it's just not a match. And that brings me to another thing that I learned. Hey, like approaching job applications, you got to approach it kind of like dating, it's not just you a desperate person simping for every single job and just begging like oh my gosh take me love me accept me match with me no that's not how you want to approach dating and that's not how you want to approach jobs either and if you do do that you're just gonna lowball yourself and you may end up with something mediocre and you're gonna ultimately feel unsatisfied as the case is with dating and right and so it's always it's about like finding a match right like you gotta have standards for your job too you can't just settle for anything have standards for your job know your worth for example i'm not applying for like stuff that i can do without even thinking that is not my worth i know i have value to provide i know my worth i know what i'm capable of so apply for that and i was talking to another friend about this and she told me something that really resonated because she sent me job on postings and i replied i was like I'm Girl, I'm not qualified for this. And then she told me, you know, Meg, if you feel like you're 40% qualified for it, just apply anyway. And this is especially for women, especially for women, because we tend to undersell ourselves and we tend to not apply for things that we just feel like, oh, I'm not qualified. No, 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 apply, just do it. And so ever since she told me that, I was like, you know what, you're right. I'm just going to apply because just like how these jobs will list out their ideal candidate, it is most likely that they will not meet the Ultimate ideal candidate. Again, like dating, you are just trying to find the ultimate perfect match and there will be compromises made. And so, just having that approach has been a lot more comforting in my job search as well. And lastly, I just want to say don't compare yourself to others because, hey, I've been spending so much time on LinkedIn, the professional networking platform, just to network up with other people, learn about jobs and such. And inevitably, sometimes I will scroll on LinkedIn for a while and I will feel so crappy like so 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 crappy because LinkedIn is a place where people will update their jobs like update their titles and you'll see all these people posting about their achievements and such and then and then you'll spiral into a comparison and feel so inadequate like why am I not like this but you got to realize LinkedIn just like Instagram is a place where people tend to post highlight reels highlight reels that's it highlight reels and you don't see how much went on in the background for example, as per my last podcast episode with Elaine, Elaine is achieving and accomplishing amazing things. But guess what? You don't see how much she went on, went through in the background applying for like, what, 200 positions going through five rounds of interviews. You don't see that. You just see on LinkedIn, you just see the title like, oh, software engineer at blank, huge tech company. But you don't see how much crap they went through. So remember that don't compare yourself to the highlight reel, to the curated content. And So yes, I was feeling crappy on LinkedIn, but once I reminded myself of that, I felt way better. I felt like, hey, every time I see someone having an amazing title, I'm going to visualize and imagine they probably went through a lot of shit to get there. The reality is they probably did. And me right now going through this shit, this is my process of going through shit to get to where I need to be. And the key is, as long as I'm not giving up on trying my best here and putting my best foot forward and applying and applying and grinding and refining and talking to people and just putting my best work, then I'm not gonna have regrets as per what I said earlier. And so that's kind of what I've been going through. Right now, I'm still uncertain with the drop search stuff. I am still not sure if I will land anything I am graduating soon and it is still terrifying me, but it does not terrify me as much as it did a while ago where I was waking up and just feeling so much anxiety, could not focus on anything. Now I'm feeling just a lot better, a lot more calmer, just knowing that no matter what happens, there will be stuff out there. First, I'm not going to be unemployed forever, that's for sure. If I do have to take a few months off or even like six months up to even a year off, that's not the end of the world. I will still find meaningful things to fill my time with. Life is long i'm 23 and yes turning 23 scared the crap out of me and made me feel more anxious but put things into context there are people who are 25 or 27 or 30 or 35 who realize that their careers don't suit them and decide to drop it all and pursue something else another key here life is not a race it's a marathon and especially in a situation that i'm in where i'm in solder and a lot of my friends are in solder and we are just this school right like it it gives you this mentality that like hey hey hey, it's a race like you know who gets that internship first update that linkedin profile like who's achieving what but once you step out of that mentality and really put things in the context of life as a whole and think about the whole ass earth okay just think about the earth and think about the earth and the freaking solar system the universe it doesn't matter if you don't get a job yet i'm gonna be just fine i hope that made sense (laughs) now next one family drama this is like part three of my entire ramble stuff before i like wrap up my whole stuff so bear with me this is like such a random episode about family drama i'm just spilling all the crap that happened to me in the past month and a half so my birthday was on february 23rd and originally i was like hey like i finally get to like you know be happy and like celebrate my birthday and stuff and uh my family drama decides to unravel i'm not gonna go in super much detail obviously because family drama is personal stuff but The summary is that my dad and my brother got into another argument and I got into another fight and my mom and I had to step in and basically break them up and then there were people crying and then my dad was crying and you know when you see a grown man cry, you know shit's going down and so my dad was crying and then we had to sit down and just... talk and cry for the whole rest of the night all while my little birthday cake was just sitting there on the table untouched imagine that just how depressing of a scene is that okay and so that basically brought up a lot of old wounds in our family because there are a lot of deep-rooted issues that have happened in our family but that brought up a lot of old wounds and for the next like two or two weeks or so it was really really hard to be happy because like before my birthday my family and I overall we were still getting along pretty well like we were still pretty happy like despite the crap happening to me like my parents were super happy like they were always comforting me I always felt so grateful but after that family drama I was like are you serious like the people that I love the most in my life like we now we are going through crap and I just suddenly felt this big like victim mentality which is not healthy like I was like universe why why is this all happening on my birthday Why is all this crap happening to me? Why is nobody applying, like, replying to my jobs? Why am I losing all my crap in the stock market? Why does crap happen on my birthday? Why is everything bad happening to me? And I started playing victim mentality, and that is not healthy. And happy to say that I've stepped out of that now. But basically, being in that headspace, I need to be gentle to myself and forgive myself for feeling that way. Because being resilient is hard sometimes, you know? Like, when that stuff happens to you, it feels like your whole world is crashing down. And so the next like week, like two weeks or so, the whole household mood was bad. But here's my takeaway. So my family and I, we sat down, we communicated, we talked about it. Happy to say that we came to many resolutions. And sometimes hard stuff happens so that you can make progress. And if that did not happen, we would not have uncovered more stuff. We would not have learned more about each other. And we probably would not have sought therapy. So I'm not going to therapy because I'm actually like pretty fine but my parents are going to therapy my brother is going to therapy and you know therapy especially for like an Asian household as well it's not very common for Asian parents to seek out therapy and counseling because it's just not like quote-unquote normal like they don't even talk to their friends about it because it's so taboo to talk about like mental health and stuff right but they sought therapy and I'm so proud of them too they've been going regularly they've been going weekly and my dad told me that he went to one therapy session and he finally spilled everything on his mind without filter. And he started crying, and his therapist started crying. And he told me it was the most cathartic thing he has ever felt. And when he told me that, I told him, Dad, I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you for taking that step, for being vulnerable, for letting down your guards, as you know, the man in the family, the breadwinner, and the, the tough one, for letting those guards down and just being vulnerable. Vulnerability is powerful. And don't be afraid to seek help. That's something that i learned and another thing is to really understand each other's backgrounds because when we sat down and talked more about all of this i really came to understand why so much conflict exists and once you sit down in a calm moon and really just keep asking why and digging beneath you'll realize that it's nobody's fault that it's unproductive, that it's counterproductive to be putting blame on like, oh, like you did this, like, oh, you don't understand me, that like making assumptions, stuff. No, like just sit down and keep asking why. And then oftentimes you will unravel the roots as to why there's conflict in the first place. And the truth is, it's the difference in paradigms, the difference in beliefs. Like, for example, my dad and my brother, they can they can look at one situation and see completely different facts based on their own perceptions of reality same with my dad and my mom they approach problem solving differently Then there was a bit of conflict between them because of that but i sat down with my mom and dad this one day and i asked them why do you approach this conflict this way why do you approach it this way and then thankfully um i have a friend who's really like she studies psychology, but she and she taught me a lot about psychology. I learned about things like attachment styles and how your childhood can influence the way that you approach conflict. And I learned that my dad has a secure way of approaching you know, conflict and relationships, whereas my mom is rather avoidant because she grew up feeling very independent. Her and her siblings were very independent, whereas my dad and his siblings were very like always work together, always help each other out. And, you know, when you keep asking why you dig into these roots, you realize it's really it's nobody's fault. It's just different paradigms, the different ways you approach them. And so we learned a lot from this happening, even though it was crappy AF on my birthday. But we learned so much about each other and came to understand each other so much. And now we're healing a lot because at the end of the day, we're family. We love each other. We, you know, we care for each other a lot. And obviously, like just because you're blood related doesn't mean you have to love each other. But the situation in my household is that, to be honest, there's usually there's a lot of love. You know, like I love my parents. I love my brother. I know that all of us do things out of good intention. There really is no bad guy in this household. Despite the fights, despite the drama, there is no bad guy. We all love each other. And recently, things have just been healing a lot. We've been having hot pot nights on weekends. We've been playing mahjong. Like my dad took out the old mahjong table and... It was so hard to like, you know, get all four of us sitting down at one table, even playing a game together after all that drama, but we did it. And honestly, just looking over while playing mahjong and seeing my brother smiling, that was like the most heartwarming thing ever. Because the thing is, my brother's a stoic too. It's not often that I see him smiling and stifling laughter, but he was stifling laughter. And I just felt so heartwarmed. Like I felt like tears were welling up in my eyes because I was like, oh my gosh, the happiness of my family is being restored right now and I just felt so good and so that's been a really nice resolution to the family drama um, and then to kind of wrap this up overall in this time this past month and a half it was really hard for me for sure right the family drama losing <laughs> Over 50% of all my net worth in the stock market, um, just shooting my shot at so many job applications, not hearing back, feeling my self worth being defeated, um, feeling a whole lot of crises, not knowing where I'm going to end up in the next few months. And the biggest fear was like wasting my potential with this whole post grad uncertainty because I know that I have potential and I just kept getting stuck in decision paralysis. But TLDR a lot of things happening in my life that just decided to happen all at once and i actually want to share um i had multiple breakdowns a few days ago <laughs> i actually cried six times in one day just because all the stress was piling up on me and so many emotions and i cried six times in one day all triggered by different things and throughout all this i'm just grateful actually grateful because I'm able to talk to friends about it. I'm able to acknowledge my emotions. Like I'm doing like this group project, this mar- marketing applications. And like my group is amazing. Like not only are we group members, but we're also friends. And we start off our calls with like squishies and pricklies and stuff. And like, that's basically like you share something great and you share something not so great. And you know, the fact that we can be so vulnerable with each other. And I told them how I had I these breakdowns and then they were sharing their own tough situations that they're going through. And just having a talk like that made me realize that, you know, everyone will be going through shit at one point or another people go through shit and when you're vulnerable and you realize that you're not alone and going through the shit like life becomes a lot better like you realize in, in the context of things like everyone goes through crap and as long as you're open about it and you like reach out and support your friends you don't try to put on a tough face don't suppress your negative emotions feel your negative emotions like crying feels good like that was one of my biggest takeaways like I used to, like, try to, like, suppress my crying and stuff, and, like, I used to pride myself on not crying for, like, a whole year or whatever, because, honestly, like, I've been pretty happy most of 2020. I don't think I cried in 2020, I'll be honest here, and I was, like, giving myself pride in that, but just because I cried so dang much this year, like, probably over a dozen times or multiple dozens of times this year already... It doesn't mean that I'm weak. Crying does not make me weak. I'm still strong. I'm still me. Like Crying is just a practice of pain. It's a... Okay, not a practice of pain, but a practice of acknowledging and letting go of your pain. It's a practice of really feeling your negative emotions and like asking yourself, why am I feeling like this? And really coming to terms with it. It's like as if you're having closure with your emotions. So I learned that crying is not bad. And just reaching out to friends like i feel extremely extremely grateful to have friends in my life and my family who care about me so much where i can call people i can talk things out i can talk through my feelings like this the day that i cried six times i cried to my family twice i cried on call with one of my friends in the morning and then after dinner another friend called and the moment i picked up i was like bawling and she was like oh my gosh meg like you're crying so much like you're gonna make me cry and i was like yeah i'm so sorry like you've never seen me this way but guess what like after our call I was like smiling I was so happy and then I I called another friend and I was better but I still had some leftover tears so I cried a little bit more like it's okay to be vulnerable we're only human right and like just because I'm crying so much doesn't mean that I'm not okay like I'm actually feeling way more okay because I acknowledged it all and I cried so much okay but anyways that was a long tangent about crying but it felt great And I realized that with all this anxiety at the end of it, I really have to take a breather. Like I was putting a lot of pressure on myself to be like, Meg, you have to figure things out. You have to, you know, get on top of things. Like the thing is, I don't have a very healthy response to feeling anxiety. I'm a bit of a I want to have control over things. And so when I feel anxiety and when I feel stress, I respond by doing more work and adding more stress to my plate, which wasn't healthy. In fact, yesterday I had this coffee chat with this student. She asked me for a coffee chat because she wanted to learn about my experiences. But by the end of the call, she could tell how stressed I was. And she actually told me, you know, Meg, I want you to like, you know, go outside, appreciate the sunshine, take a breather. And when she said that, I was like, wow, you know what, she's right. And she's this girl that I just met like 40 minutes ago and she can read how stressed I am and that I should just take a breather. And I was like, you know what, you're right. And also I had a talk with my mom the other day. And my mom is one of the strongest women that i know in my life she is so strong she was so incredibly resilient she's been through a lot of crap and she's the type of person to be very very self-reliant she it's not super healthy to do this but she tends to suppress all her emotions within herself because she doesn't want to burden others and that's what has made her really strong Which is why like I try to tell her, like, mom, whenever you feel stuff, like don't be afraid to tell me. Like you can tell me stuff, you can let out your emotions. But at the same time, I learned from her strength. And she told me that at one point in her life she had just moved on to a new job and she was dealing with this family drama at home. This was like years ago. And she just felt really defeated. And then she started reaching out to her friends and going to kind of these conventions. And then in that period she had so much self-reflection. And that's when she came to a lot of peace. And her whole mantra now is to just find peace from the present, from peace, like peace from within, because life is beautiful. We just set, step back and be present. Most of the time when we're feeling negative emotions, we're either relishing in the past or we're anxious about the future. And the whole thing my mom does is just, she sits still and she's just present. And she she's a stoic and she knows that everything will be okay. That no matter how big of a storm that we go through, that things will be okay. And she like told me that the other day on the day that I had like cried like multiple times and we just went out for a grocery run and she was telling me all this and honestly I love my mom so much. Like she just knows what to say to make me feel better and happy. This is getting so cheesy, y'all. Like I, I didn't really script this much. I was just looking at my notes, but like yeah, I guess I was just telling about dealing with negative emotions, but I guess my takeaways is like you're not alone, be present open up about it to people vulnerability takes courage and everyone is going through crap the amount of my friends right now who are going through crap many of them harder than I have makes me realize that this is a human experience and sometimes life will throw tests at you I was talking to another friend and she is going through a lot of crap right now like a lot of different crap and we were saying how you know what when life throws shit at us it's testing us And I was talking to this other friend um, we're calling at night. And we're saying, like, we're both very into self-development. And we're we're going through a lot of shit right now, right? This is life's test. Like, hey, you guys, you've been reading a lot of books. You've been listening to a lot of podcasts. Now we're going to throw you a real test in life. And you're going to have to actually apply what you learn into your life through this tough time. And, you know, when I approach it kind of like a test, it feels like, hey, there is no test that I can't finish. There's no such thing as a test that's like... Gonna like you know, kill me. I'm going to finish this test. I'm gonna keep writing no matter how hard it is. There's gonna be questions that I don't know, but I'm still gonna put something down. And no matter what happens, I'm gonna finish that damn test. I'm gonna hand in that test. I'm gonna walk out of this exam room called uh youth like adolescence to adulthood. And then I am going to come out as a stronger, more powerful, more wise and courageous and resilient person. And when I think about it that way, yes. That is what I'm going through right now. And right now, as I'm speaking, I'm about writing the last question on this test. But again, you can't estimate the length of these tests that life throws you and you can't predict the future, but that's how I'm feeling. I'm feeling like I'm coming to a resolution and it feels really good. And so that's kind of the note that I want to end on for this episode. I know it was like pretty long-winded and a lot of very um, specific stories with my stock market stuff and my job app stuff and my family drama. Um, But overall, you know, in your 20s, it's very confusing this adding on to being in your early 20s feeling like you should have stuff figured out but you don't and feeling huge burden of responsibility like i literally cried the other day because i was doing taxes and i was adding on to my stress <laughs> i realized i'm actually pretty sensitive um but your 20s are not easy but you will get through it like i'm gonna look back on this moment and think this was this was peanuts of a moment And in fact, I was chatting with my brother about this whole stock situation and he was comforting me. And he told me something that really resonates that I'm going to leave as a last note for this podcast. These hard times that we go through in the moment, they feel so hard. It feels like it's our whole world crashing down. It feels like, you know, maybe you're listening to this and you're thinking, Meg, that stuff doesn't even seem that bad. But you know what? Reality is subjective the reality that I experienced through this, like I was in a very, very, very negative headspace. I was crying a lot and we should never disregard the way that we feel. We perceive reality differently, but I was going through a tough time. But the thing is like, my brother told me that he was, he saw me crying and all this. And And this was about the stock market at first. And he told me, you know, you remind me of me looking back at when I was in elementary school this one day, and I lost a $20 bill, and I spent three days crying because I lost a $20 bill. And you know, when you're like 27 or 30, you're gonna look back on this moment right now, and you're gonna see yourself the way that I saw my elementary school self. And this whole storm that you're facing right now, when you look back, it's gonna feel like just a scratch. And that just resonated with so much and just stuck with me so thank you my younger wise little brother for telling me that and i guess that's just what i want to end on for this episode today before i babble on more obviously i have so much more that i learned and a lot to share but obviously i want to spread that out throughout multiple episodes and stuff but i think this covered a lot of ground and i actually have class in two minutes so um my timing was pretty good today Thank you guys so so much for listening to my story and thank you for understanding when i had to take a break from posting and stuff because i wasn't in the right headspace it's good to prioritize your self-care and well-being first but also you know recognize your emotions and always learn from it you know don't become placent always approach things with a growth mindset anyways i'm gonna keep babbling if i keep talking so i will say goodbye now thank you guys so so much for listening to this you guys are awesome feel free to reach out to me whenever if you resonate with anything that i said and we can talk things out and um, make sure to give us a follow on instagram at i'm in my 20s to stay up to date with all my lessons and learnings through life as i navigate this rocky time called our early 20s and i will chat with you guys next week for more stuff about our 20s 拜拜